Welcome to Liberty Chats, produced by members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council. Thank you for joining us. We talk to a variety of experts, leaders, journalists, and policymakers about our nation's founding principles, why they are still so relevant and essential to preserving freedom for everyone, what specific challenges and threats they face today, and how those founding principles best safeguard and empower everyone's ability, young and old, to attain prosperity and personal happiness. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Liberty Chats, a podcast from the Steamboat Institute. My name is Erica Anderson, and I produce the podcast here. And today we're talking to one of our Tony Blankley fellows, Kelsey Buller. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Erica. Thanks for having me. Uh, Well, we're excited to talk to you. We know that you just came back from maternity leave after having your second baby, and um, I know what that's like. So... (laughs) You're getting back into the swing of things, but just to get us started, um, give us just a little intro of, of who you are and what you have been doing professionally for the past few years. Yeah, my my first job out of college was at Fox News. Uh, that really opened my eyes to the media landscape, and I had a lot of fun there, but Fox News is ultimately a big corporation. It was my first job out of school, so I decided I needed to move to Washington, D.C. to see how the sausage is made, so they say. Uh, So I worked at the Heritage Foundation for their multimedia news organization called The Daily Signal for about eight years. And that's really where my career took off. I sort of found this um, corner of conservative media that I could really grow and thrive in that perhaps um, wasn't being done so well by other places and that's personal storytelling feature stories connecting with people on a personal emotional level um, explaining why and how policies affect americans differently across the board my goal i always say was if someone from the left was watching my work or reading my work that perhaps uh they walk away they still disagree with the policy but they have a greater sense of compassion for uh, how the other side feels. Um, and so that, that's really, I, I carry with that. I carry that with me today. I am now, uh, with independent women's forum, a senior policy analyst. there, doing a lot of the same types of work, but I'm still a contributor to the daily signal. I also contribute to, uh, the federalist and a number of other right leaning outlets. So I certainly stay busy, but of course my most important job right now is being a mom to my little two-year-old and four-month-old. Wow. That's crazy. Well, I love that you had, like you sort of built your own path with doing a lot of your video work at the Heritage Foundation at the Daily Signal. I know you've done some of that since then as well. Um, What are some of the main issues you've been focusing on recently with IWF? Yeah. Independent Women's Forum naturally has um, really taken a a prominent position in staking the ground for this whole uh, gender ideology issue. What is a woman? Uh, We heard the the nominee for the United States Supreme Court could not even define, tell senators what a woman was. This is very concerning. As a mother, it's very concerning. We're seeing this type of ideology spread in the classrooms and 
even as Disney, Erica, you and I, both moms, were just talking about this. Where are our children safe from this political doctrination anymore? It's it's quite frankly terrifying. It's 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 very hard to navigate as a parent. And at Independent Women's Forum, we're really taking a stand for women. We are working to protect women's sports. We are working to protect parental rights in schools. And we are working to preserve the the truth and, and the integrity behind what a woman means. We actually, uh, just this week, released what we're, we're billing the Women's Bill of Rights. And this, on paper, defines what a woman is and lays out certain protections uh, that, that women are and should be entitled to um, in law. So we're really hopeful that uh, lawmakers at the at every level of government will sign on to this uh, because the good news is we're seeing a lot of pushback on this issue. We're seeing um, a lot of people recognize how unfair it is for biological men to be taking um, scholarship opportunities and awards away from biological women in their sports. Um, it's, it's just unfair. It's not the truth. And we all have compassion. And we, despite what the left will say, we're all very tolerant of differences in society between individuals. But that doesn't mean women constantly should be put last and punished and be asked to sacrifice their own opportunities, their own safe spaces to accommodate what really is a very small population in the United States. Yeah. Um, what I've noticed is how much more vocal people are being about these things now, as opposed to a few years ago, obviously things have ticked up in general, but I think a few years ago, people didn't really think it would get to this point, like to where we are. Cause I remember thinking, well, surely they're not going to let like biological men compete in the Olympics, right? Like that would be crazy. And now we were fear mongers if we even suggested that. Yeah. And so now here we are and things have just progressed so rapidly. And like we saw in the Virginia election last year, people are finally fed up and they're like, you know what? You can call me whatever names you want. I'm going to stand for fairness and freedom and truth. Are you seeing that as well? Are you feeling like this empowerment of parents and just empowerment of people in general that like want to live in a rational society? I see two sides of this. On one hand, we see a lot of brave parents finally speaking up in local school board meetings and getting involved and finding out what is actually uh, happening inside classrooms, what curriculums and what books their children are being exposed to. I commend those parents. Uh, they it, it honestly requires a lot of bravery in, in the face of this cancel culture. On the other hand, uh, there's a lot of women who feel too intimid intimidated um, to speak out. We know with just the, the Ivy League swimmer, Leah Thomas, uh, it, it appears the vast majority of swimmers that Thomas was competing against disagreed um, with that decision by the NCAA and USA Swimming. And yet none of them wanted to go public. None of them wanted to use their names. I sympathize with that. And I'm not going to sit here and tell them they should go public because, you know, it's my job to stand up for them. It's my job to stand up for people who don't feel safe to stand up for themselves. And I will proudly do that and take the hits every day. I'm, I'm protected in a different way from cancel culture as 
these young women are who are worried about entering the workforce and, you know, an, an employer Googling, um, how dare you stand up for women's sports? <laughs> um, so I have a lot of sympathy for them. Um, but we need to acknowledge that, you know, a lot of people don't feel safe to speak out on, um, on these issues and we, we really need them to because I mean we know polls say that we're winning on this issue that the public opinion agrees that women's sports should be protected um, but that's not what the media will tell you they don't they don't share that um, and so I, I think we still have a ways to go on this issue. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I have a you know similar position as you in, in that, number one, I work for myself, so I'm not going to fire myself. Um, and number two, uh, I have been affiliated with a lot of conservative organizations who are not going to cancel me for having this opinion. But if you're just a normal person out there in the world with a job and you put your opinion out there, like you could get fired for that. You could get fired and people see that. And that is so scary. People are going to risk their family's well-being to do that. And yet it seems like we're at this really scary place in time where like, if people don't start doing that, like what is going to happen? What is the trajectory? So the other problem we have on this issue is that if you talk to people on the left, you know, I'm sure you, I have a lot of friends on the left they kind of don't believe how bad this has gotten, how carried away it is. The fact that kindergartens are kindergarten students are actually being confronted with materials about what it means to be transgender when these these children are just learning what man and woman, girl and boy means. It's it's all very confusing. Worse, there are multiple cases throughout the country where schools have participated in the social transitioning of children without the parents' consent or even their knowledge. Now, that sounds so crazy to think about as a parent, your child living a different life in school and then coming home and you having no idea that a lot of people don't really don't believe that's happening. Or maybe if, if I tell a friend about that, well, that must be some crazy fringe case that would never happen to my child. I, I know what's going on in their lives. And I think that's one of the biggest challenge, challenges we as conservatives have, especially in this space, to let people know this actually is happening more than you think. Um, but the problem is, understandably, these parents can't put their faces out there and don't want to expose their children to the media. Um, coverage that would ensue if they actually shared the full extent of what's going on. And that's why we see these bills, you know, like what in Florida that are getting smeared as don't say gay. Like, of course that, that you can say gay. That, that's just um, completely ridiculous. But that's, that's why these bills and these laws are actually gaining momentum because it only takes one parent to see this happening with their own child for them to fight for everybody else's. And, there's another case in California where this happened. Uh, the actually uh, the mother lost co custody of her daughter. Is she spoke at a heritage event? I believe her name's Abigail Martinez, and it's tragic. Her her daughter, after transitioning, actually um, and, and and losing custody of her daughter, she actually ended up committing suicide. So it's easy to say out of sight, out of mind, but these instances are happening more and more as 
social contagion is spreading as it is children are learning that changing your gender will lead to some sort of personal fulfillment, which sadly we know is, is not the case. Um, and it's, it's really the burden is on us to figure out a way to share these stories and communicate what's really happening because quite, I, I'm, I'm not being dramatic. Lives are at stake. Children's lives. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm sure, you know, Kelsey, and maybe a lot of people listening know that they should all read Abigail Schreier's book. Um, what's the title? Do you know the title? I'm blanking. Gender. I'll I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah. Look it up. Um, but Abigail Schreier's book, it's, it's, it's so eye-opening. And the thing is like, she's no conservative. She is just a journalist and a researcher. She doesn't have any like conservative cred by any means. Uh, she's not in this for religious reasons. Like it's literally just an epidemic that the medical and science community is just completely uh, ignoring. Like people are being harmed. The you know, irreversible damage. Is irreversible. The it's, I mean, the book is amazing. Um, and, and I think that's why, like you said, so important the work that you're doing because you're uncovering these stories and exposing them for people in a way that they just like, you can't deny it. You can't deny it when it's out there in front of you. Now people will, people will say whatever they want to say, but the average person that's just kind of living their life and they want, and they are trying to figure out what's going on, getting that information out there is so important. So we're thankful for IWF and for daily signal, um, and for all the organizations and groups that are exposing this stuff. Um, Kelsey, a lot of our listeners are young professionals and kind of maybe people um, that are interested in the world of politics and policy. What any advice that you might have for someone that wants to get more involved in this space? My advice would be to find your own little corner of the conservative movement and see where you can use your own strengths and talents to make a difference. For me, um, you know, I was always interested in media, but, you know, I, I, I don't, I didn't think I was kind of cut out to be a reporter cranking out multiple uh, pieces of journalism a day. Uh, they deserve, those who do that deserve uh, special credit. <laughs> um, but, you know, I found this space that I, I thought, you know, was missing something and it's worth it to take a step back and, um, look at, ask yourself what you think is missing. What amongst your friends are they not hearing? Uh, do they not know? And how might you add to this effort to make sure we do have an informed public um, where we at least can start from uh, a point of being able to have an honest conversation about what isn't, isn't happening in this country anymore? Because unfortunately, more and more often we're being gaslit by the left that these things aren't really happening inside our children's schools on their sports teams. Um, and you know, on their TV when time and time again, we're seeing that, that they are, and we're seeing some very dangerous effects of that. Yeah. 
All right, Kelsey, thank you so much for your time. And thanks for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast for downloads every other week. Thank you for listening to today's Liberty Chat. I'm Erica Anderson, the producer of the podcast. Our podcast editor is Fingers Malloy. My co-producers include Charlotte Whalen, Zachary Rogers, Lindsay Martin, and Christina Eastman, all members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council, who represent the next generation of free market, free speech leadership. We hope you tune in again for our next Liberty Chat episode. Wanna be free, I wanna be, wanna be free, yeah.